Well, as we've been reporting, the AUKUS arrangement has been officially announced now in San Diego. The US President Joe Biden, the UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and our own Prime Minister Anthony Albanese have announced the deal and it is huge. As we've been reporting, up to $368 billion. The shadow foreign spokesperson is Simon Birmingham and he's our guest this morning. Simon Birmingham, welcome. Good morning, Patricia. Good to be with you. This is a huge amount of money. Uh, are you fully on board with the plan as unveiled today by the Albanese government? We certainly welcome these next steps in the AUKUS partnership. Uh, this is a partnership that we are proud to have established as a coalition government. It was made possible due to the fact that we had restored Australia's investment in its defence expenditure back up to that 2% of GDP level from what were historic lows when we came to office. It was made possible thanks to us becoming, with that higher defence investment and other critical investments we were making, uh, a uh, viable and credible partner uh, for nations such as the US and UK. Uh, today we're hearing further details and, uh, and we continue, of course, to provide bipartisan support to this venture. But there are many questions that, uh, that of course, will come from the high-level announcements that have just been made by the three world leaders around um, the timing and costs uh, and particularly mm. the impacts of those costs and uh, they're just how do they break down what is the scale of investment in the US and or the UK, what will the cost of the purchase of the Virginia-class submarines be, uh, are there any cuts to other defence projects and a range of other questions in terms of the investment in Australia, how much will be invested in the near term, in terms of capability in Western Australia at the uh, Stirling Naval Base and Henderson Shipyards for the uplift there that will come from uh, the rotation of nuclear-powered submarines through those locations, uh, what investment will be made at the Osborne Shipyards in Adelaide to prepare them for the SSN AUKUS and in what time frame, and of course, all of the skills and training issues as well to be uh, unpacked in the days to come. You're right, all of that does need to be, uh, there has to be some further clarity, but we do have some details. I mean, we now have had the announcement and one of those details is that the first locally made boat uh, due to be delivered in the early 2040s, that's 20 years from now. Um, so how do you view the implications for your own state of South Australia where you're a senator? Are you satisfied by the delivery of the kinds of jobs and production that will be delivered out of the AUKUS arrangement? Again, Patricia, I'll be keen to to understand some more details there. The intention had been that, uh, that we would see uh, the first new nuclear-powered boat come out of uh, the Adelaide shipyards in the 2030s. So this appears to be a little later than had previously been intended. Uh, it will be interesting to see, given this is a common platform that will be built in the UK and Australia, when the UK expect to build their first one and how that lines up with Australia. So let me just um, pick you up on that. You're saying this is later than expected. Does does that worry you and is that something you object to? Well, it's something that I want to understand entirely what the reasons are. Uh, we want to be as bipartisan and supportive of this venture as possible because we are focused on the national security implications for Australia on building the defence capability we need and the industrial capability that we need for the future. And all of that has to be done properly. But, uh, but we do want to make sure that we also understand what the implications on local workforce are. If there is a delay to mm. what had been 
previously thought in terms of uh, workforce growth and opportunities in South Australia or across the defence industries generally in Australia, and I think that will be critical to understand. Also, if there are any implications for uh, the life of type extension of the Collins class, that hasn't been mentioned in announcements that I've seen to date, uh, but is the government still fully committed uh, to putting all six Collins class vessels through the life of type extension? Because uh, that, again, is, uh, is a critical part yep. of ensuring that we maintain capability for a period of time for our Navy and our Defence Forces, but it is also a critical generator of jobs and economic activity, uh, especially in South Australia. OK, $2 billion is expected investment in the next four years from the federal government to South Australia and a new skills and training academy to be set up uh, in a joint South Australia federal deal. Does that give you some comfort? Well, they are, uh, they are figures that, uh, that I hear. I'm yet to see any details in relation to um, how that $2 billion will be invested um, how it relates to, to known or pre-existing investments, uh, such as in the life of type extension uh, of the Collins class, uh, or whether this is in fact uh, new money specific to preparations for the new SSN AUKUS. The other part of all of this is the overall price tag. Uh, I began this interview declaring it's huge, and I don't think you're going to contest that as a fact, $368 billion dollars. How is Australia going to pay for it? Last night in an interview on 7.30, Peter Dutton raised uh, the sustainability of the NDIS. So that's that's a program that's there for people um, with disabilities. Is that really where you're going to focus getting the money to pay for such a thing? Where else do we need to be looking? Well, Patricia, in fairness, last night uh, Peter was asked uh, about whether we would cooperate with the government in areas of savings and Peter uh, pointed to the fact that in his budget reply speech last year, uh, he had made it very clear that in terms of programs that had experienced or were experiencing significant growth and where uh, there may be opportunities for um, savings to be found through efficiencies that uh, that could be made to those program operations, we would work constructively with the government. And there's been no faster growing area of government expenditure in recent years, well above budget forecast than the NDIS. Uh, but there are pressures in aged care and elsewhere. And, uh, and we know that uh, in those sorts of areas, uh, for the government to make decisions about how to manage those programs effectively, uh, they may need bipartisan support for difficult decisions, and we're willing to be constructive about that. Okay, Peter made that clear uh, in his budget reply speech last year. He did. He talked about um, working where you can. I mean, uh, the government also has a more modest plan about dealing with superannuation tax. Uh, people with more than $3 million in their accounts would face essentially a higher tax rate. Isn't that, now that we're looking at this $368 billion program, isn't a modest change to super like that more appealing to you? Patricia, uh, a couple of points there. You know, firstly, is that, uh, you know, is that as we've debated on that topic, uh, it's contrary to what the government had said prior to the last sure, election. Sure, but I'm trying to juxtapose as, uh, it with as, this huge price tag to, to ask well, the question around uh, around sustainability of different programs. Don't you need to revisit these kinds of decisions well, now? Well, you also need to make sure that you focus on the efficiency of government spending wherever you possibly can, and that includes in the defence portfolio too. Uh, yes, this will come with significant uh, costs to it, uh, these costs are, of course, over a very, very long period of time as well. We're talking many decades uh, into the future and uh, and uh, the costs of other programs, uh, such as the ones we were discussing before, will well and truly exceed uh, this program over the same time frame. Uh, 
so we have to keep a sense of perspective there. Yes, this is big, uh, but it's also unusually for government talking about dollars, not just in a four-year horizon or a one-year budget horizon or even a 10-year horizon uh, for the naval sustainment and, uh, and submarine building exercise. We're talking decades of, uh, of costs aggregated together. Uh, but, uh, but we do need to make sure that we work right across government in terms of efficiency of spending uh, so that we can keep taxes as low as possible for our economic competitiveness as well. There's, uh, okay. uh, we will be in a world of trouble paying for all of these programs if we don't have competitive tax systems too. Just a, a question on, on China. One of the key reasons for this deal is to secure Australia against uh, a more aggressive China. Overnight, President Xi Jinping has spoken about bolstering their military what do you make of what he had to say? I mean, are you concerned about the language that was used by the Chinese president? Well, we have seen a significant bolstering of China's military capability for quite some time now, and we've seen concerning ways in the way in which that has been deployed or used, particularly in relation to the type of asset build-up in the South China Sea and some of the claims made in that regard that we and other nations share. Um, our investment uh, in our, all of our defence capabilities, including the AUKUS partnership, is about preserving stability, peace uh, across our region. Um, we want to make sure that, uh, that the type of deterrence that we build, the type of capability uh, that we have, uh, is all about ensuring that we enjoy uh, a peaceful and prosperous region and that other countries across this region enjoy that type of stability, peace and prosperity too. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Patricia. My pleasure. That's the Shadow Foreign Affairs spokesperson and Senator for South Australia, Simon Birmingham. Listen to more great stories that take you beyond the headlines. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.